This is the Business's Mission Podcast. Business's Mission. I'm Gaya Boyd, your host. I came across the very uncomfortable awareness that all of my ideas, my basic understanding of Christianity, of how it operates, of my role in it, were wrong. In this podcast series, we want to discover kingdom keys for business. I'll do that together with Bill Job. Bill is an experienced BAM practitioner. By the way, BAM is short for business as mission. Bill is from the US and lived 30 years in China, where he had handicraft factories. He saw God move tangibly in the workspace. We met at our BAM Congress in the Netherlands. Bill was one of the main speakers and he turned out to be so contagious. His stories made me curious and I wondered, does that only happen far away or can God move as tangibly here, within and through businesses in the Netherlands or at your business in Africa, America or Asia? In this podcast series, I'll interview Bill. At other times, he will be my co-host as we invited guests who are eager to see God move within their own businesses. So listen as we discuss ideas, experiences and challenges. They might be yours as well. If this podcast makes you curious and you want to dig deeper, go to bearmoves.com. There you find a hybrid training and coaching environment, which we are developing. Today, in our search for Kingdom Keys for Business, Bill will be my co-host. And we are visiting Bob Houter at his social enterprise called 60 Fruits in Arnhem in the Netherlands. They renovate high-end furniture from the 60s and the 70s, while giving people with the distance to normal paid labor a chance to find their place back in society. Good to, good to be here. Thank you for having us. Great to see you, Gea and yes. Bob. Um, Bob, can you tell us what, what is a social enterprise? Well, it's a combination of two things. If you look at uh, an NGO, a non-governmental organization, then it's all about the impact you want to have on society. And if you look at an enterprise, normally you would your your main goal is to have maximum um, profits for your shareholders. So there is profit involved. Yes, yeah, so the social enterprise combines the two by saying we want to go for the impact that we have on society. And on the other hand, we believe that uh, a business is a means to that end. But to be able to, to do that end, that, that purpose, that impact, well, you need to make a profit. Or else it's a project that will die whenever the money runs out. We walked around here in, uh, in the shop. What did you see? You have a background in, in also in furniture. You made tables. Uh, what was your impression? Uh, hey, I was very impressed with the quality of both the wood and the workmanship that I saw. The uh, expression that this is high-end furniture was not overstated. So I'm really excited about seeing high-quality work take place in a social enterprise because I think sometimes we think we have to accept lower standards for business just because we're trying to do something that's good for society. Yeah. And this is not the case. Yeah, I wrestled with that uh, for a few, in the beginning. I wrestled with that that people said, well, he has really done as best as he could. And then a customer needed to accept a, let's say, suboptimal quality of a product. 
And um, well, my eyes were opened a few years ago when I read, read a book about Christians running a business. And then the absurdity of the idea that as a Christian, you would make crappy products. So, um, so this helped us to, to, to really go back to the basics. Uh, and if you are a Christian and you want to do something that is uh, honoring God, then how in heaven's name can you make something that is not high value for money? So, so whatever you do, I believe as a Christian, you should go for high quality. So we saw some beautiful furniture here. So uh, if I like to buy one of these cabinets, so uh, what um, what do you ask? What do you ask? Well, we ask money. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, uh, you are telling we are high end, but we we try to be sub high end. So because we are refurbishing uh, old furniture. So the old becomes beautiful, but it's still old. So um, our furnitures are typically sold for around a thousand euros. Mm -hmm. That's sort of average price without the extras. But we also sell a lot of bathroom cabinets with marble or terrazzo tops on it and with with uh, with uh, sinks on it and taps and what have you. I and think, then the, the prices think, go up, yeah. I think for the people working here, it's also you know, fun to make something so beautiful because it is. It's yes, really nice. this is, this, this goes back to um, what sort of a social enterprise are we? So we have a lot of men coming in here and men that have typically, typically not worked for two or three years or longer. And well, they don't have stamina. They don't have self-confidence. They have stayed on the couch doing computer games or being uh, addicted to all kinds of stuff. And they come here and because it the, the furniture is beautiful and it is pretty easy to get from, let's say, an old furniture to something beautiful. So they, after, when they are here for a week, they, they start smiling because the, the work is fun to do. So even if we have, uh, let's say, friends coming over, they say with a smile, ah, could I not work here for a day just for the fun of it? Because it's fun to do. So what motivated you to start this? Well, it was sort of a selfish motive that I wanted to bear fruit as I read the Bible, that I was looking at my life and I said, well, of course, I have visited some, somebody sometimes in prison or I did something good. But I was fully convinced of the fact that I wasn't really fruitful. And I longed for that. I longed, and I still do, I longed to be fruitful. So before, um, you couldn't as much integrate your faith in work. What, what, uh, what made you take this step? The wish to be fruitful. And uh, at one point, it's now eight years ago, I sat with my wife in the garden And we discussed my, let's say, my worries about the fact that I didn't make much fruit, in my opinion. And then we started to, to think about that more deeply. What do I not, what do we not see? What do we not hear? What can we not feel about God's heart for people? So, and then we just said to each other, let's take a, a piece of paper and write out all the aspects that are in our lives. And maybe God wants to give us another glasses to look through 
at these same issues. Then pretty easily the idea of 60 Fruits developed. And maybe nice to explain the name to you. 60 Fruits was was born from that 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 longing to bear fruit. So that that goes to the the, the parable that Jesus had about the seed that went into the ground and uh, brought forth fruit. So that's one part of the story. And the other part of the name is because we are selling furniture that come from the 60s. So that's the, it, it's a beautiful name, which really tells what we're doing. And it's six years later, I saw you just telling about, you know, the, the men coming in here and then becoming, you know, kind of more alive yeah. after a week. Do you say yes? I'm happy I started this. Yes, I am happy that I've started this. And I'm also, um, let's say, I'm en route. I'm, uh, I'm, on a I'm learning. I'm on a journey. And this journey means also that, that, that up till recently, it was also a sort of a heavy journey because you work with all these people that have multiple problems. And, and on the one hand, you do beautiful things. But on the other hand, it's also... Uh, wearing you down. So when I saw another uh, Christian businessman going through the same stuff that uh, that uh, as I'm going through, and he was much more uh, joyful than I am, and seeing him doing it in with another glass on, glasses on, I really um, uh, started to laugh about myself and 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 start to to uh, to look at it in another way that 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 I shouldn't look for everything to be perfect in, in a business sense, but that I just could accept everything that every day can go wrong. And of course you need to improve, but, um, but the main thing is that we help people to, to blossom and to learn love with each other. And, and, and by really accepting that that is what I'm supposed to do, uh, a sort of unhappiness left me. And that, 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 that's something I want to hold on to. Can you relate with this, uh, Bill? I can. I remember thinking that God should give me a pass on some of the normal struggles because I'm basically a nice guy trying to do a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. He, he said, uh, I needed to learn that business was a system. I needed to learn the components of the system and operate just like If I wanted to fly an airplane, I better learn about gravity and lift and all of those forces. And so we gradually did. And uh, I really appreciate the additional struggle that Bob's willing to accept at having sort of a non-traditional workforce in terms of just predictability, reliability. It's very difficult to plan production when you're not exactly sure who's going to show up tomorrow. Exactly that. And that's, that's daily practice. Yeah. I will, um, in other podcasts, we did some together, uh, Bill. Uh, I heard you say, well, one thing we did good in the beginning is not quitting. <laughs> <laughs> Often I think that's the only thing that we did that I'm pretty sure was totally correct. <laughs> All of our other decisions are debatable, but the fact that we didn't quit, that was one undeniably good idea. You know, we talk about business's mission here in this. So... Um, I sometimes I write about it. I interview people and I hear stories. I want to inspire people. But sometimes I have the feeling that, you know, business is, a, is already pretty tough. And then you add this extra mission 
back on their back, you know, <laughs> it's like, and the yoke is supposed to be easy, yes, and the burden light. So I, how do you did this? Uh, yes, I think that's um, part of the happiness that I had up till recently is that you, because I, I am an entrepreneur, and you tend to look at uh, a company in a certain way. So you have certain glasses on. When are you doing the right thing as being an entrepreneur uh, uh, and in a company? And um, I believe that um, the key, the key for me is to really understand that I am a servant of the Most High God, and that being a servant to Him. Um, means also that I can relax more because it is not about um, the things that that normally would uh, the the sum of things that would make up me, my upbringing, my schooling, my experience, my drives, and my Christianity. As if the five of those items uh, would be enough. By understanding that I'm his servant, I, I can accept that his thinking is the key and it's not my thinking that is the key. His plans are the key and not mine. And that has this wonderful um, uh, concept in it that I can relax because I don't have to find the, 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 the needle in the haystack. I can just depend on learn how to depend on him. So you mean putting on another pair of glasses to look through yeah, the business and the situation? Yeah, you can. You, it's easy to say, well, you have a normal business, now you have a social business, so a social business is more difficult than a normal business. And if you look through the normal glasses of doing business, you're right. But if you look at the glasses of um, that you are just trying to love your neighbor via a business then you can also count the number of times in a day that you just shared love and that you enjoyed it instead of focusing on the logistics that went wrong, the people that weren't there, it wasn't easy to, to keep the customers happy. No, you tend to look in another way at, at how things are happening. So then you can also um, relax more. So it's another way of looking at the, the same situation. I would like to drill down on that concept just a minute with you, Bob, if that's okay. I think most of our listeners will not be in the social business kind of category. They're going to be probably more normal business. Can you say what you just said to them? Is it a relevant concept that maybe for normal business people, there should be an awareness that uh, the Lord would like for them to actually be more available to loving their employees or their customers or their various staff members? The longer I do business, and I'm now already 35 years in business, the longer I do it, I, I tend to understand more that it is important to, to see that Jesus is the boss of my company. And by getting back to that, even sometimes more times on a single day, it helps me to, to really get a distance to my own 
a package of uh, my own beliefs, my own upbringing, my own culture, my own status, my own money. It helps me to just say, well, this can be so, all the things that I want as a person, but by following God and seeing that I'm his servant, mm -hmm. I get the opportunity to walk in his plans and his plans are good. This concept of the, that the plans of good are, God are good for me and for the whole world, that opens up a whole new realm of possibility. God is not there to say you cannot make money as a business. God is not there to say don't do your best. No, I believe God is pleased if we do our best and if we make money. But it should be a sub product and not the main product. The main product is love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And that is a good plan because it's a good plan for me, for Bill, for Gea and for the whole world. It's a good plan. It's not a heavy plan. It's a beautiful plan. And the more I understand that, the more the whole idea of making money or having success or building a company It is fine, but it is just a sandcastle that we build during our lives. But the most important thing is loving God and loving our neighbor. You are really on fire. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning my lines and that in English. <laughs> This comes from your, yeah. your inner, yeah. inner uh, motivation. I, I'm, I'm starting to believe myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that means, indeed... Does it seem like things are getting simpler for you or more focused? Because their summary feels like it's pulling a lot of things down into a pretty... Yes, it is. And even as we talk, it's part of the process. Huh? So, uh, yes, it's getting more simple. And, um, and also, if I look back in recent years when things were heavy, because I was looking through, uh, through a sort of type of, of glasses, then you also worry about, well, did I do this good? This person is hurt. What did I do wrong? And then this heaviness gets sort of uh, multiplied by thinking, shouldn't I do it in a different way or whatever? And by accepting who, I'm, who I am and by accepting that Jesus is king, uh, it makes it simpler. It makes it more straightforward because I know that if I walk without Jesus, it gets a bit, it gets a bit troublesome because I just don't understand things. Huh? But if I just walk in trusting him, then, uh, then it gets more simple. And, and what I'm only recently experiencing is the glimpses of joy that are growing because of a more more accepting the life of being a servant. Glimpses of joy. Can you give an example? Well, uh, this morning I arrived on my bicycle and for the second time in one week, we uh, had shut out ourselves from our own building and needed to kick in the doors. And uh, before we, an hour later than normal, could enter our own building and start working. <laughs> so explain. I was I was frustrated. So the keys were 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 handed over from 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 four or five different people, 
and I was just getting angry and 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 I I wasn't a, a holy man. Let's say it in that word. So and uh, and then I tried to remember. So after half an hour, bicycling helps a little bit. So and then I really tried to remember. Hey. What about the heaviness? Uh, am I only going to look at this as being the core of what is happening? Or is there also something else happening? And then I, 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 I said, well, I step again into the building and I look around what is happening. And then, then in a way, it helps me to refocus on people. And then it, it helped me to, to, to look at uh, the smile of a person I love and a person I was painting with the whole day, and I just enjoyed myself again. So to explain to the listener, yeah, you just moved into a new building. <laughs> you know, yes, yes. <laughs> well, we are still in the process. We want to move, but we we are not we, we are not getting there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill, can you identify with some of these this journey? I mean, you. Um, how long have you been in business? Well, we've been doing manufacturing for over 32 years. And so we have a lot of those same experiences. We've moved a number of times and they were always somewhat traumatic experiences. Yeah. <laughs> would take two to three times longer than you anticipated to get settled in and to get things moving again. So I do certainly understand that part of the, of the journey. And how is that for you? You know, to where you talked about, it seems to focus more or to, that's simpler. I feel like this is something that with age, people pick one of two roads. They either get, get smarter, kinder, wiser, or they get bitter, depending on how they respond to things. And uh, I think Bob and I are in the same category. <laughs> we're, the, we're the smart group who's learned something <laughs> from our mistakes or from the way we approach life in general and work in specific. And we've decided that it's better to see through the lens of the kingdom than through the lens of the world or my own previous experiences or my own prejudices. And as we see through the, the lens of the kingdom, we see our role as servant. It becomes really key that we not be the hero of the story, that we let the king of the kingdom be the hero, and we see ourselves as his servants, and everything takes a different sort of color, a different hue through this lens. You say that we don't see ourselves as the hero. That's a human tendency, isn't it? <laughs> it definitely was my tendency. That I, I think that there is a... A natural good question in every boy that he asks himself, do I have what it takes to be a man? And there's a place where the man meets Jesus. And then the question is, do I have what it takes to be his disciple? Do I have what it takes to be on the kingdom team? And now you no longer want to be the hero because you found yourself a real hero. But without finding a real hero, I think the tendency is that we want to be the hero. Well, I'm a female. I identify too. <laughs> <laughs> so how you say with age? Well, I hope the listeners from all ages, how can they get smarter at a younger age? One way to do it is just to ask Jesus to interpret your experience for you, your history for you. If you ask him to interpret what you just went through last month, 
you will actually probably accelerate the process of making progress. If you leave it up to yourself, you may find yourself misinterpreting what just happened. And Can you explain it? Let's say that we are in a production scenario. We have deadlines. We have customer expectations. And um, all of a sudden, uh, everything kind of comes apart. The wheels come off the cart, as they say. And the production slows down and we disappoint people, our customers, or we disappoint our, um, our own employees and everything seems to be falling apart. So here you are feeling a failure. Right. And so my conclusion is I am a failure because I'm the one responsible for the whole problem. It's, it was on my watch, on my duty. I'm the one that's responsible. And if I interpret it that way, then I am going to try harder not to mess it up next time. So there's going to be a whole lot more self-effort into this. And that will just drive me into my own resources, my own self-controlled life, so that I can be the boss by trying harder. The alternative is, if I say, Lord, would you explain to me what that was about last month? And he comes along, he says, well, well sure, you forgot to invite me into the process. <laughs> You're living your independent life again. And so part of it is the fruit of that. Also, you're being resisted. There is, you know, something out there that is trying to hold the kingdom of God back. It says in scripture that I was transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved son. Well, the kingdom of darkness is still out there. We bump up against that too. So the Lord may just say, look, next time this month, why don't we just do this together? If we do it together, actually it will come out much better. That sounds easy. To really very purposely invite Christ into the situation. And then things, you start to get another pair of glasses. Is that, is that what you... Yeah, uh, let, me, let me come up with, a, with, with another example. Uh, sometimes people ask me, do you really, really believe it? And then that Jesus is there. And I said, well, sometimes I ask myself, uh, do I really believe it? And then I say, I want it to be so. I want it to be so. So in a way, part of the part of the part of my my being is also to stretch myself out to accepting the truth of the word of God. So even when I'm not fully full of, let's say, 100% sure, then my longing that it is so, it helps me also just to move forward. Even though I'm seeing, as Paul is describing, I'm seeing in a troubled mirror because God is not seeable. I don't see him. So... I love the, the, the Bible text. I cannot say it in English good, but it is uh, God says, come close to me so that I come close to you. So I believe that although my faith is at sometimes is weak and I tend to just try to believe it, still that is part that I can do. And, and, and by doing it, God can come in my unbelief. He can come to me. So... It helps me a lot to just start the process. So if you're saying it sounds easy, then I say to myself, yes, 
And in a way, even though I'm on the brink of, can I totally believe it, yes or no? I just can take the step. And by doing it, it opens a whole new uh, new way for me. That's how it works for me. With that as a background, Bob, it's really interesting to be here, to see the physical facility, the size of it, all of the operations, but then to meet the staff, to hear them talk and to see their alignment with your vision. So you may not see it, and I don't think any of us see it 100% clearly. We all are having to take some of it by faith. The execution of this operation by faith is an impressive exercise because you clearly believe that it's the truth. Yes. Even though you may not be able to prove it. And there may be days when it seems more distant than others. Yes, yes. But but as you're saying, Gea, it seems so easy. And still it takes for me sometimes a very small leap in faith and sometimes a bigger leap in faith. Just plunge in and ask, Father, help me. So even though you are not sure if he is going to answer right away and in what way you want, but just start asking. So for me, it's just this freedom of just start doing it, even though you are a bit afraid or a bit unsure or a bit, how does God answer me? In the past, I had this wrong experience. Just start doing it. Even with you, when you're not sure, start it up. Start taking small steps in faith. Do it. And I think that's, again, what we already mentioned here in this podcast. Maybe uh, one thing we did right, we, we didn't quit. Didn't quit. <laughs> we didn't quit. We started and then we didn't quit. Looking back, are you happy that you didn't quit? I'm not only happy that I didn't quit, but I'm also happy for Bob. And one of the reasons is I can see ahead of him the stages that the company will go through. To be able to get where he is today, he's had to have a foundation. He's got a very strong foundation. Some of it just takes time to build up a client base, to build up an order base, to build up skill sets, to build the managers up. But there will be a day not far from here when Mondays won't be so potentially disastrous. <laughs> and the flywheel of week by week successes builds up a kind of strength that is becomes a stronger and stronger foundation. So I'm, I'm really happy for him because I can see that day as well. Yeah, you started this eight years ago. And do you say yes? When I look in, the, the listeners don't see your eyes, mm -hmm. but... I see kind of like, yes, I believe it too. Yes, I believe it too. And it takes uh, from me to learn to, 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 to put on the glasses that I need to have on every day. And the, the, the longer I do this, this line of work, the more I understand that it is not enough to, to have, let's say, a daily prayer, as we discussed today, I need to walk with the Lord all day long. It's not theoretical. It's also something that the longer I live, the more I need it. I need to walk next to God because I know that doing this without him or on the side is just not it. It's, 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 it's not the real thing. So I want, to, I want the real thing. I'm, you know, in the, doing different podcasts, 
with uh, with Bill and actually driving up here we talked about uh, about church or and <laughs> one of your sayings is when I'm at work I really need him maybe you can explain yourself uh, Bill well somebody was asking me about where do you really discover God or feel his presence and it it dawned on me that I'm 10 times more likely to experience God's presence at work than I am at church, for instance. And I began to think, well, why would I say such a thing? And then I realized why. At work, I need him. <laughs> at church, if he shows up, that's great. If he doesn't, we sort of have the bases covered. <laughs> we have someone to speak and singing taken care of and all of that arranged. But I have problems at work. I need him at work. And so I ask, he shows up, we experience his presence, and he brings delivery over and over. It never gets old. It never gets tiresome. And so I, I just feel like when we're honest with ourselves, we can't face life without him. We're not designed to. And if we have a company and the responsibilities of other people, salaries, customers, and all of those associated things, the financial pressure, the need for him is very tangible. That turns out to be a great blessing. In talking together this, uh, this podcast, what comes to mind for me is that um, we talk honestly. We talk honestly about, you know, it's not all successes. We... Yeah, it's it's not an easy road. And looking at both of you, and I think the listeners hear it in your voices, you don't regret it. No, not it's, at all. It brings fruit. And so thank you for this, this talk. And um, thank you for being here and being open about everything that's happening. <laughs> Not everything, but partly of your days. For this podcast, we visited 60 Fruits. We talked with Bob Houter, the founder. We talked about the challenges of a social enterprise. Both Bill and Bob shared how they learned to look to business through other glasses. Not that of shareholders, neither of an efficient business manager, but to remember that amidst chaotic circumstances, God can be found through little things like the smiles of the people at work, the love felt for team members. Little things, but they will count into eternity. If these podcasts about Kingdom Keys for Business sparks your interest, please go to bearmoves.com. There you find a hybrid online learning platform, which we are developing.